Now, I, I, I want to just very quickly this morning, um, obviously, um, you know, acknowledge the, um, just the, the darkness and the manifestation of terrorist spirits that's happened in, in Paris, France. It's important that we acknowledge that. It's important that we don't ignore that. Um, and, and, um, and that at the same time, in acknowledging what we're seeing happening, um, that in no way do we, as the people of the kingdom of God, fear anything. It's important that at a time like this, um, that we do not yield to the work of the enemy's fear. And I actually want to very briefly this morning tell you a story from the scriptures where in fact it was the kingdom of God that struck fear into the work of the enemy and caused the enemy to run and be scattered and that the, and that the kingdom of God would be established in a people. And um, so I want to I briefly tell you about that. Now, recently we've had our good friend Robbie Dawkins with us earlier in September. And if you know anything about Robbie that, and the things that we've come to love about who Robbie is, is his absolute tenacity to love God and to contend for the kingdom of God in people's lives and his own circumstance. And that, I, if there's anything that you, know, you kind of catch from hanging around with Robbie, it is this sense of the Holy Spirit to be tenacious about the work of the kingdom of God and to contend for in situations that are hard and difficult for the kingdom to come. Now, um, Robbie, while he was here, he, he very deliberately, you know, up front here during ministry time one Sunday, he called us into, back into our rightful place as sons and daughters of God and as ambassadors of God's kingdom in the earth as it is in the heavens. Not ambassadors waiting to get people to the heavens, but ambassadors of the heavens in the earth today, today. And he reminded us that God has, even in this very um, moment, through the life and death and resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God has made and is making everything right in the earth that is wrong. God has done and is doing this. Many hold to a lens of theology and thinking that says, in fact, the moves of God become less as the days become darker. I need to let you know I don't wear that lens. I hold a different lens that I believe is held together by the scriptures, where in fact the kingdom of God is like a a seed that's planted in the earth. And that small seedling grows to become the largest of all of the trees in the earth and all of the birds of the earth come and find home in that tree. And the number of times when Jesus told that parable, he talked about the expansive nature of God's kingdom where? In the earth. And so you need to understand I'm approaching my, my walk with life with Jesus through that lens Jesus has given us his authority. He has given us, even as you saw, 
um, exercising authority to travel through nations and dark places that says God is off limits in this place to actually, in the face of that, absolutely refute that, that God is welcome, very welcome in the most hard-to-get-to places. I spent many years travelling in what they called access-restricted Asia. And the reason why they called it that was because they said, you're not allowed to go there and do the things that you do. But in fact, we still went there and did the things that we did. (laughs) Though the world and leaders of the world would say, you can't do this, God continues to make a way to say, well, actually, in my kingdom, yes, you can do this. And so it's important that we hold on. And, and as someone who's been like, you know, trying to get a hold of the scriptures and encourage people to actually live their life in, in alignment with the power of these words, um, that the message and the ministry of Jesus in light of our current world situation, in light of our political environment, in light of the, the selfish, individualistic culture of the West in which we live, in light of all of that, I want to say to you in the name of Jesus and on the basis of the revelation of who he is, don't ever allow the corruption of darkness to beat you up and cause you to give up. Don't ever do that. Don't ever It will want to take the wind out of your sails to the point where at certain times in the course of a day, we will go, this is all too hard and I'd rather just ignore it all and get on with my life. Don't listen to that. Don't listen to the fear that comes upon you because it's not your fear. It is the strike of the enemy that would want to immobilize and shut down the authority that you and I have actually been given in the name of Jesus, the resurrected one, to establish in the earth. So now the story, this is just quick, very briefly, there's this little story and it's a great one. It's in the book of Judges and it's in Judges 6, 7 and 8 and it's the story of the fifth judge of the nation of Israel. This is a time before they had kings ruling them. This is where after Joshua has led the people in and the, into the promised land of God, there now comes a season of what they call the judges who ruled the nation, who looked after the nation. And this guy's name who was ruling the nation of Israel at that time, his name is Gideon. Now the, the context of this situation that happened was Israel had forgotten who they were. They'd forgotten who they were. They'd forgotten that God had, out of his love and grace, chosen them as a people to be a priesthood in the earth to bless the world. And they'd forgotten it. So much so that they had rejected God's covenant relationship. And what they did was they said, well, you know, we don't think you're up to scrub, Lord. And so we're going to bow down to the pagan entities um, that the the context around us are worshipping because they seem like they've got more power than you. And so they worshipped what they called the Baals. And so what they did is they would go to the holiest places and interesting, like, like, like the team did, they would go to the highest places in the geography of the land and they would establish altars of worship where they would do all sorts of pagan activity. 
they would sacrifice children to God. They would bring offerings of their, uh, to the gods. Sorry, let me lowercase g. The gods. They would sacrifice their children to the gods. They would bring their hard-earned agricultural labor and bring it as an offering to the gods in the hope that the gods would stop being angry. Now, we listen to that with a Western mindset and we go, that's just nonsense. No, it's not. It is not nonsense. And if you speak to any missionary that works in third world contexts, they will tell you time and time again that those third world developing nations have a better understanding of, of spiritual power and kingdoms colliding than the West. Because we've been taught to read that out of the scriptures, to separate that out of our thinking because we're now Greek, we're intelligent and we're philosophers and we've elevated our mind because we're so progressive. Well, that once happened in a town called Babel. I won't go into that story and what the goodness of God did there. But anyway, here's Gideon. He's trying to lead these people. They've given God the thumb and, and they're now worshipping Baals all over the place. And now every time they do this, all of a sudden what happens is the covenant relationship that they've asked for to have with God, which is, hey God, if we honour you, would you honour us? And hey God, if we disown you, would you curse us? How's that? Would you do that for us? Because we don't want an, in, an intimate relationship with you. We want rules. And so God said, okay, that's called the Mosaic Covenant. That happened on the top of uh, Sinai that day. Okay? So God's like, now in this situation, what do I do? I have to honour the covenant. And so what, so what he does is he, he just lets it go loose. And in his letting it go loose, these Midianites and otherites of nations of people, they start storming Israel, like with armies upon armies of people and, and digging into and taking over the land. So much so that the people of God run for their life. And they're hiding in the hill countries. They're hiding in little caves. And, and in fact, this account tells us that Gideon is hiding in the wine press, threshing the wheat, kind of like cowering away. Because what would happen is every time they would produce something or their crops or their, or their animal life would grow and produce, the invading armies would just come and go, thank you very much. We're taking all of that. You guys are nothing. And so Gideon's like, oh, God. He's hiding in the wine press, threshing the wheat, hoping that it won't be discovered and stolen from him yet again. And then the scriptures tell us in Gideon chapter 6 that the angel of the Lord comes and meets with Gideon. And as the angel of the Lord meets with Gideon, the angel of the Lord says to Gideon these really awesome words. He says, Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, let's just put that in context. Here's a guy cowering for his life, hoping to goodness no one will find out that he's actually producing some food for his, the well-being of his family and friends because if, he, if it gets found out, it's going to get knocked off by the invading armies and he's hiding. And the Lord God himself, his manifest presence, comes and hangs out with Gideon and says, Greetings to you, Gideon. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is with you, mighty warrior. Have you ever been in those situations where it's like you feel like God's saying something over your life that you feel is really inappropriate for the actual context that you're in? 
It's like, haven't you noticed something, God? I'm not really a mighty warrior at the moment. I'm actually, you know, fear-wracked and hoping to actually get, just get through the moment. Have you ever found like in those moments of, oh God, how are we going to get through this situation in our life? And then all of a sudden the Lord comes to you and reminds you of who he says you are. Sometimes I, th- I think that's not very kind of you, God. <laughs> You're pointing out the big gap between where I am and who I'm meant to be. See, God's always wanted us to know who we are as his as his making, as his creatures, as his people particularly. But I think it's amazing how God knows what he's doing when he declares our identity over us, even though we might not agree with that declaration. I think it's awesome how God knows what he's doing when he declares over us our identity. And for those of us who have said yes to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we now are a new creation, and we now have a new identity in God. Paul talks about this really powerfully in the book of Romans. He calls us sons and daughters of the living God. So you're not a nobody. You're not a has-been. You're not a whatever your workmates and colleagues have slagged on you in the course of a week and muttered under their breath at you and called you. You're not any of that. And the abuse that when you've been trying to help people just through acts of kindness and they've rejected it, it's like, get away from me. You're none of that. The Lord is with you, mighty warriors. The Lord is with you and he knows what he's doing when there's a prophetic word coming to the body, coming to the church. Probably about the last, oh, I don't know, six, seven weeks now, this theme just keeps coming through. God keeps whispering, the army of God, rise up, wake up, clean up, wash your face, put new clothes on. Are you hearing the voice of the Lord? He's so kind to remind us again and again and again of who he says we are even when we think we can't do what he's declaring. I often feel like that. I so often feel like that. When I'm confronted with people who have come to me with the discovery that they've got cancer in their body, I'm like, oh, what the heck are you bringing that to me for? What am I supposed to do with that? And then God says, hey, I've anointed you to heal the sick. You're an anointed son of mine. Now go and get about my business. And he reminds me of who he says I am. I think it's an amazing story, this, this account in, um, in, in Judges chapter 6, because what happens is the invading army all gathers. And so what happens is Gideon and the guys, they think, all right, we need to counterattack. We need to pull together a good plan and we need to come against this force that's robbing us. So what he does is he pulls together an army of 82,000 blokes. Now that's a good size army, 82,000 people. Just sort of, I don't know if you can picture the scale of that on the side of a hill, but that's pretty big, 82,000 people. And, and, and basically Gideon says, God, we're ready to go. And God says, nah, if you send in 82,000 to wipe out that Midianite nation, you guys are going to brag in your own effort. 
And you're going to think you did it out of your own strength rather, out, rather than out of the declaration who I've said you are and how great I am as a faithful God and king to you. And so what I'm going to do is he's like, okay, and he works out this plan with God and God says, all right, let's pull it back, let's pair it back and they pair it back to about 10,000 and then God says, no, that's still too many. And so he pairs it back to, I think, uh, 3,000. And then God's gone, no, nah, it's still too many. You guys are still going to think it's all done on your, on your strength. He says, 300, Gideon. Just give me 300 of them. And he, he and Gideon figure out how that 300 happens. And you can read the story. It's a great process of how God, the discerning work of God in the earth happens. It, 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 it happened because God said, send them down to the river for a drink. And the ones that go like this, send them home. And the ones that go like that, that's the army. Go figure the wisdom of God. Go figure the wisdom of God. And so anyway, so what do you have? Oh, is it the other way around? Oh, thank you. You guys are on to me. I'm getting carried away. Thank you. You're on to me. So it was the that got sent home and the that got to be the army. Thanks, Jude. You're on to it. Whew, I need you guys. And so they do this. There's 300 of them. And Gideon, he's still pretty freaked out. He's like, how are we going to take out this whole nation? And how are we going to stop them from plundering us? And God says to Gideon, in Judges 6.14, he says, Gideon, go in the strength you have. Not go in the strength that you think you need to get the job done. Just bring the little bit of who you are to the task. Hello? How many times have we found ourselves in situations where it's like, you're asking me to do what, God? Give up my job and follow you? I haven't got all the resources to be able to do... No, 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 no. My call to you was follow me. Just bring the bit that you have and follow. Go with the strength that you have, not the strength that you think you need. In your workplaces, in your marriages, in the way that you're parenting your children and grandchildren, in the way that you you, you go with, with leading worship, in the way that you're praying for the sick, in the way that you're casting out demons and feeding the poor, go with the strength that you have, not what you think you need to do the job. Now, what's really awesome is, is in this situation, a little bit further down, the, there's an interesting exchange with um, Gideon and God. And then Gideon says, somewhere in the context of all of that, he must have yielded and said, all right, let's do it your way. And the scriptures very specifically say, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. There was a yielding in the man. In the person, there was a, oh, you've called me mighty, mighty warrior, you've done all this, you're setting me up, it looks pretty tragic, like it could be a bad ending to the story. But somewhere in there, Gideon started to remember who he was. And at that point, it says, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. That night, well, I think it might have been nearby that night, Gideon, still obviously growing in the awareness of his true identity, said to his team of 300 mighty warriors, 
Let's take them at night time because if they see us coming in the day, at least the dark might give us some cover. All right? Now, he, he turns up with his 300 blokes. And what do they take to battle? What would you normally take to battle? You think you'd take swords and spears and shields and all that sort of, you know, to go to war. Well, these guys take musical instruments and clay jars and sticks. Mighty warriors. Mighty. The Lord is with you, mighty warriors. Grab some instruments. Grab those clay jars and some sticks. All right, we've done all that. Guys, let's get them around. Let's get around them in the night. They won't see us coming. How are they going to wipe out a massive nation? And all of their infrastructure and the army of all of that. And they turn up with just these few little things. Now, the interesting thing is, this is where I love what our God does. Our God is the God who strikes fear into the enemy. Our God, when he's helping his people remember who they are, takes them from being fear mongers to actually people who understand who they are in God and then they get to strike the enemy with fear and say, look out, the kingdom of God is coming. You better shake. You better be nervous because God is about to advance his plan. So what does he do? Gideon and the guys, they go down near the the opposing forces in the night and they hear a conversation that's taking place between a couple of soldiers or whatever. It doesn't quite say who it was that had the, the conversation. But in the conversation, one of the soldiers says to the other, he says, I had a dream last night. And in this dream, it was like this big barrel of hay or barley or something came rolling through our camp. And it just like wiped us all out. And the other dude, I think he brought the interpretation. I don't know. It might have been, he may have self-interpreted. But they said this. The words that came out of it was this. That can only mean one thing. The God of Gideon's army is about to come and smash us. And at that very moment, fear struck that nation. And they all got nervous and anxious because... God might actually be, Gideon's God is about to come and invade us. And remember, Gideon's God is the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses. That God is about to loose his big attack on us. And so they all get wound up. And it it literally says, at that that moment, Gideon and the guys, they blow their, their trumpets. Got any trumpet players here? No, we need some trumpet players. We need a trumpet player or two. In, uh, anyway, they blow their trumpets and then they get their clay pots and they smash them and they just go, ah, start yelling. And this whole nation of army infrastructure collides in on itself. They start killing each other in the madness and the mayhem of the moment and it says they were completely decimated. And the people of Israel regained their space, their land in the Lord. Because Gideon's God struck fear into the work of the enemy, who was in fact trying to bring fear on the people of Israel. And the reason why the fear had ground over the people of Israel, because they just forgot. They just simply forgot who they were. They just simply forgot. Remember that? It happened at the very start of the book, Adam and Eve. God says, you're mine. This is why I've made you. You can have dominion over all of this. You can, you can have all of that. Just don't do this. Just don't do that. And it's all good. And they, what did they do? They forgot. They forgot who they were. It's always been about a loss of identity. Friends, this morning, I want to encourage you all. 
God knows what he's on about when he makes a declaration over your life. And you just brought it again this morning. He's inviting you. He's inviting me. He's calling us, and not just us here, but the whole body of Christ in, this, in our nation, for the sake of his great name, to the nations. To the nations. You are called as ambassadors and commissions, commissioners and emissaries of God's good kingdom. Not, and don't come to this with a sense of, I don't have it all. You don't need it all. He has it all. He's just asking, would you partner with him? Whether it's for your business, whether it's for your marriage, whether it's for your friends, whether it's for your family, whether it's for your health, the kingdom of God breaks in when we yield to the identity that God declares over us. And for, especially for us who live in the era of grace in the New Testament life, in the Lordship of Jesus, where the Spirit, Luke 4.18 says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, even as it was upon Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed you and me to preach good news to those caught in poverty. He sent us to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. He is even calling people today to get on a plane and get to France and every other dark invasion of the kingdom of darkness in the earth and not fear it but to go in the name of Jesus and establish the acts of the kingdom of God. Go to Iraq, go to Iran, go to North Korea, go to all of these places that say you will never and you cannot. And even in our own nation where political correctness has established itself as a way of life and a spiritual activity that wants to shut down anyone that wants to differ with its agenda. Go to that place. Speak who you are and bring the message of the ministry of the good news. It's called good news of the kingdom of God. Light in the darkness. Be a city on a hill. That's who we are. We're not what the world says who the church is. That's not who we are. Wake up. We are not who the world says the church is. We're the people of the kingdom of God. We are the people of the kingdom of God through the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. That's who you are. That's what our business is, mighty warriors. And so the Spirit of the Lord is upon us in this very hour with power, inviting us into all that he's doing. Bring what little bit of strength you have, even if you don't think it's enough to fulfill the identity that God's speaking over your life. Bring that, offer that, and let the Spirit come upon you in power. Today is not the day to fear the enemy. Today is the enemy over the last 24 hours has again. This is kingdom of darkness enemy I'm talking here. Satanic demonic powers that are at work in the earth in this present age. It is that infrastructure. It is that spiritual dynamic and activity that today... If the people of God would understand who they are, they really are, who we really are, that stuff will shake and fall and come down 
And even as the smallest of seeds is planted in the earth, becomes the largest of trees that fills the whole garden and the birds of the air will come and find their home in it. That's the kingdom lens with which we live and do life. Even in this very hour, God's inviting you to pick up your crazy little trumpet clay jar and sticks and start yelling and doing stuff in Jesus' name. Just do it. That's what Jesus has invited you to do. Just do it. Take the little bit of resource that you have and give it for the cause of the kingdom of God. Take that last little bit of emotional and physical and mental capacity and energy that you, that you have and that you don't think is enough. Bring that to the, to, the, to the Lord God himself and let the spirit of the Lord come upon you. Know your identity. Know your mission is from God. Know that it's a battle. Know that you and I together as the people of Jesus have authority to strike fear into the works of darkness. And when the kingdom of darkness pushes back, push back. When the kingdom of uh, darkness pushes back, push back. Let the spirit of the Lord be upon us all. Hey, let's stand and pray. Father, right now, there's a couple of hundred of us in this room and next door and hey, we, I don't even think we number 300 this morning. But I know, Lord, that you've put trumpets and clay jars and sticks in the hands of your people. I know you've called them to be your sons and daughters. I know you've resourced them and declared over them their identity again and again and again. And even as we stand here, God, and we we offer with what little bit of strength that we have, we think we have, God, we ask boldly in the name of the living Jesus, shake the darkness in the earth, strike it with fear today as the people of the kingdom rise before you and avail themselves and say, God, here am I, send me, send us, send me to Costa Rica. I I wanna be like, send me to North Korea. Send me to Burma where your spirit is moving and there's freedom being established. Send me, God, send me to my neighbour who I know is stuck in all sorts of addictions and brokenness and just is desperate for a way out. Remind me of who I am, God, and send me. Let me strike fear into the enemy's work over people's lives. Use me, God. I'm bringing the bit that I've got. But I'm asking that your spirit would come upon me in power, that I might do your bidding. If you're just offering all, whatever it is you're offering to the Lord, the little bit of how you perceive yourself to be in your resources, and you want that accompanied with the, with the power of the Spirit, even as the Spirit fell on Gideon, and even as Jesus himself declared, my people are going to be a people of Luke 4.18, people of the Spirit. Come down the front, and we're going to just ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon your offering today, to come upon the offering that you're bringing the little bit of who you are and what you think you have to bring. Honestly knowing, heck, I, I, I'm coming as honest as I can, Jesus. <laughs> That's it. 
That's it. That's it. Now, God, just posture yourself before the Lord. Just posture yourself before the Lord. Now, God, I'm asking that even as you came upon Gideon by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you come upon the people of the kingdom of the Lordship of Jesus right here, right now in this room? Come upon them, even as the Scripture says, with power. With power. With power. Let the power of the Spirit come upon you now. Receive the Holy Spirit and power. Come, Lord, take our humble offerings and turn them into great weapons of warfare that would strike at the enemy's work and establish the good news of hope and life in Jesus' name for the world. Give us big vision, God. Let us do great things in your name with the little bit that we bring. Come, Holy Spirit.